Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, where we talk about anything that an embedded developer would care about. I am here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast, and this week my Embedded Executive is Samir Wasan. He is the Vice President and Business Unit Manager of TI's Processor Business. Hello, Samir. How are you this morning? I'm very good, Rich. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, so I was a participant in a – not a participant, a listener of a talk that you gave recently where you were talking about robots, and it's a, it's a pretty cool subject. Um, but I wanted to take a peek into the future, and um, I have this thing in my head, and I'm not sure I'm the only one, but I, I'm, I'm going to say it's my idea, of Industry 5.0 which is when you mix people and robots in the same environment. Um, up until now, they've been pretty separate. Um, and putting them in the same environment is, is hard because, you know, a lot of times these robots are big and powerful, can hurt people and, and whatever, and the people can disrupt the robots. Um, so first of all, is my definition of Industry 5.0 right? Is, is, is that what you think it is? And whether it is or not, what do you think about putting people and robots in the same environment? Yeah, Rich. So, so again, thank you for having me for this discussion. It's, uh, robots are just how our, our, our lives are improving and, and, and going forward with technology as immersive as it can be, right? It's, it's definitely an area of, of, of interest, and I think, I think there's a lot to look forward to in that. So as you call it, Industry 5.0, right? So um, I, I sort of resonate with it because I think the next next frontier in, in how we expand usage of technology to make our lives better is how today we look at them as robots, as you call them robots, right? Um, maybe just they immerse themselves so much in our lives that they don't start looking and acting like robots. They're just immersed in it and they become an extension of us and how we go around uh, our daily jobs uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Uh, think of how communication is immersed in, a, in, in, in our day-to-day today, -to -day today. Um, between, between smartphones, between what we, what we have over the air, et cetera, et cetera, right? To me, um, for us to be able to go really use the, the power of what technology can offer, is when this technology immerses itself in the day-to-day -day, uh, life for all of us. So are you saying that what I envision as a robot, like the, the robot Rosie from the Jetsons, um, I'm <laughs> not really thinking the way that it should be. It's actually something that's sort of even not there at times, but it's there? Yeah, I think ro robot as, as an entity, uh, it can be science fiction, right? But ro robot as a functionality is what I'm more interested in, where, where your day-to-day -day things are intelligent enough, are smart enough, are safe enough, and are efficient enough for them to be able to do certain, certain mundane tasks and some certain non-mundane tasks in a much more efficient and practical manner. So I'm not necessarily oh. saying... It's, it's constrained to something walking around your house and doing things, right? That's a, very, uh, that's a very narrow view of how you think of a robot. To me, robot as a functionality is something which is, which is expanding beyond just 
how you or how everyone has envisioned it so far in my mind. Okay, so assume we agree on what the robot is. Let's go into the safety feature. Um, how do we ensure that these robots, whatever they look like, can be in the same environment with, with the human without doing damage either to the robot or to the human? Correct, right. I mean, and I think that, that's, that's one of the most fundamental things on what is a barrier to this Industry 5.0 vision which you outlined. So I think safety, if, if you look at any of the systems which, which exist today, robots work well in constrained environments. And the reason they're in constrained environments is because I believe um, there is a lack of confidence in its ability to do the same activities in an unconstrained environment, which is deeply rooted in how safe these systems are. Now, Before you go any these, further, what do you uh, mean by constrained and unconstrained? I want to make sure I yeah, understand sure, what you're absolutely, saying. Absolutely, right. So constrained environment, if you think of it as a, as a factory line, um, like a, think of the, the typical automobile uh, factory line we all see, right? There the robot is doing five or six very specific repetitive tasks very, very well, very, very efficiently. And there is enough distance between robot's functions and where the humans are, et cetera, et cetera. So I believe where the functions are well-defined, there is a lot of robotics even today. What I'm trying to say is if you have to break that out and let it go free form and let it be more unconstrained than it is today, the, the place you have to go, go um, establish a better confidence level is through safety. And safety begins just grounds up, right? Um, as, as a semiconductor vendor, what we look at is how do we design devices with safety in mind? How do we provide the base level software with safety in mind? How do we provide the right level of hooks so that our system, so, so that our customers can make the system safe? So I think um, that as, as that technology advances and that technology comes to forth, you will see these robots inherently more safer, inherently being more fail safe, um, and go. The other thing is, um, along with safety, it is also the, the, the clunkiness of how a robot senses. So I also believe that you, you need safety, but we also need more, a broader set of sensing tools um, suite, which allows us to sense the environment in a, in, in a, in a better way. So if you think of it, right, if, you, if a robot can sense what's going around it, uh, whether it's proximity to humans, whether it is different environmental conditions, combine that with a thorough bottoms-up approach to building safe products. You put those two together, I think those are two of the biggest fundamental barriers um, to bringing robots out and immersing them in our day-to-day -day lives. Do you need 5G to do what you're envisioning because of the bandwidth that's required and, um, and, the, and the speed that's required? Yeah, whether it's 5G, just connectivity is going to be fundamental, right? And, and 5G is definitely one of the ways of getting there, and I think it will play a key role there. But uh, so will uh, Wi-Fi, so will Bluetooth, so will sub-1 gig, right? All of these different bands of communication serve different purposes uh, in a system, and depending on what system problem you're solving, these are all tools available to, to our customers and the system designers to go, go use. But... What you're looking for is low latency, um, quick, um, 
communication. Some communication will require larger bandwidth. Some communication will require lesser bandwidth. Um, but that being said, the ability to for these robots to make localized decisions, Rich, is also very fundamental. Because um, any safe system cannot rely on any level of remote connectivity to make those immediate decisions. For that, that level of intelligence has to be at the edge of the node, however, whatever you want to call it, but that has to be localized. So it's a, it's, it's a combination of giving it connectivity to connect back to the cloud or to other devices, but also being able to balance with localized intelligence to be able to make some of those critical decisions. You sort of backed into one of the topics that we talk about a real lot is artificial intelligence mm -hmm. at the edge, which is yeah. um, very exciting. So one more question for you because we're just about out of time. Um, you said something about being designed from the ground up. Does that mean we shouldn't expect any retrofits that you, if you want to do this right, you really have to design these robots from the beginning with all this technology integrated? So, so there's always an evolutionary path, right, where you're trying to go retrofit existing technology so you just put more redundancy in. So if, you, if one camera fails, you have another camera, something as simple as that. But if you're looking at a steady state, um, nicely designed systems with the right cost, the right power, the right usage, uh, form factor, everything, I do believe bringing the safety concepts in grounds up early on and designing it grounds up to be able to deliver a much more holistic user experience is the way to go. Okay. You want to put some sort of time frame around this? I think it's happening today also, right? Um, the, the, the barriers um, exist, but so does technology, which is, um, which is coming in, which is starting to solve some of these barriers. Um, affordability plays a key role, Rich. I mean, you can make a very safe robot which is going to immerse itself in the task, but um, it's very expensive today. So, so I fundamentally believe um, building some technology grounds up and bringing it to the mainstream, uh, A, the barrier is whether uh, technology can do it, B, can you, can you bring that technology in the mainstream at the right cost point? And if we do that right, I think you will see this continue to expand over the next few years. Uh, as you go out. Awesome. Thank you very much, Samir. I really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Samir Wasan. He is the Vice President and Business Unit Manager of TI's Prosper Business, and I'm Rich Nats with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Samir. Thank you, Rich.